Welcome in to the NSFW Dynasty Podcast. We are back. I am your host, Dave Reed, joined by my co-hosts, Ryan Wilkinson and Joey Gallo. Miss your boys last week. How you, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, excited for the holidays. Uh, we're in fantasy football playoff season now as well, so exciting time all around. Yeah, tis the season, and uh, it was sad to miss last week, but... Uh, I think we got a lot to dig into this week. At least, at least one of the three of us is still alive in the NSFW playoffs. So, uh, this, which one? I forgot. At least we have that. At least we have that. <laughs> that that's, that'd be you, Dave. That's right. That's we're, right. We're, where, where was on your guys's power rankings? I'm just, just uh, we're, we're, we're still here. <laughs> The good, the good news is I get to enjoy the holidays now without having to worry about winning or losing, but uh, yeah, it was a rough week. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel great about my prospects uh, going into this weekend, and it's great that, you know, it's the Christmas weekend, and there's football Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, which is Christmas Eve. Oh, and again, Monday on Christmas Day, so it's just going to wreck my entire holiday, so it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> it could make it that much better, though, Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's going to, but I really, I really hope so. I hope I'm surprised. Well, the thing that's crazy in our matchup is I'll be done on Sunday, and more than half a Schluter's team who I'm playing in the playoffs will not have played yet. So it's going to be a grueling Christmas day. Yeah, Schluter likes doing the Monday night uh, comeback. He he has a lot of Monday night players every week. Yeah. And I don't. I never come back on Monday night. So whatever. It's, it's fine. It's going to be great. It's fantasy playoffs. Merry Christmas. Happy belated Hanukkah. Uh, but, you know, no matter what, it's going to be fun. Uh, got a lot of action going on. But as Joe mentioned, a lot, a lot to dig into. Uh, and we did miss last week. I apologize for that. Hand up. Uh, got busy with work. But uh, we're digging back in. And first, want to jump into some uh, injuries that uh, occurred this past week in the medical ward. So let's uh, jump right in. So this didn't happen in the game, but pregame, and this left a lot of teams scrambling. Tyreek Hill was a, a late scratch with his ankle that he uh, incurred the week before, leaving a lot of managers scrambling, and he missed practice again actually today on Wednesday. So you hope he gets back in the practice, gets at least a limited uh, practice, hopefully a full practice in later this week. But something to monitor, you know he's trying to get to 2,000 yards on the season, um, but that definitely is a player that carried a lot of teams this year, so we'll see what goes on there. Chris Olave was also a late scratch last week uh, with an ankle, but he is going to play on Thursday night, thank God, because I need him. Uh, Jamar Chase uh, injured his shoulder and is likely to miss potentially multiple weeks, uh, so we'll see how that goes, but he's definitely going to miss this week. Marquise Brown aggravated his heel injury that he incurred the year, uh, the week before. So week 16 is currently up in the air. But honestly, you probably shouldn't have been starting him anyway. But, uh, yep, something to keep a note. Keaton Mitchell had a nasty ACL tear. Hopefully you didn't see the video like I accidentally did on Twitter. Thank you for auto-playing videos on that platform. Um, Zach Moss uh, left with a shoulder injury and Currently, it's wait and see to see what his status for week 16 is going to be. And Trey Sermon actually came in. Yeah, that's a name, the blast from the past, someone we never thought we'd uh, hear from again, but actually played pretty well in his absence. Um, Will Levis, his injury looked like it was going to cost him a season, but it sounds like it was only a sprained ankle, and it's still TBD if he's going to play this week. Zach Wilson, who after saying he wasn't sure if he was going to play, ended up getting a head injury and leaving the game. 
Um, and it sounds like Simeon is going to be the starter for week 16. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence is currently in the concussion protocol because, of course, he gets hurt at the end of every game. Um, and his week 16 is currently in doubt. So we'll see what goes on there. Uh, other things of note, not all injury-related, but Mitchell Trubisky is benched, and Mason Rudolph will be the starter for the Steelers on Christmas. Isaiah Pacheco should, is going to be back in Week 16 after missing two weeks, and Aaron Rodgers officially will not be coming back this year. So what are your guys' thoughts on some of those uh, injuries? I mean, the two big ones, obviously, Tyreek Hill and Chris Olave, you know, like you said, they were late scratches, so you kind of had to scramble to throw someone in there if you were counting on them. Uh, but those are two big names the first week of fantasy playoffs to be missing. Jamar Chase has had kind of an up and down year and the rest of them, you, you probably weren't really starting or you weren't at least relying on as much as the other two. So hopefully Hill and Olave are back this week um, for teams that need them. And then, yeah, I mean, no surprise, uh, Aaron Rodgers will not be coming back this year. I don't, I don't know why you would ever come back. The Jets just look like a disaster scoring zero points <laughs> yes. last week. Yeah. yeah the, Hill, the Hill situation was weird to me too, because the game, the previous week where he got hurt, he was out and then he was back and then he was out again. And you kind of thought, all right, well, if he was able to return in some capacity, that uh, initial game where the injury took place, he probably would be okay to, to get out there this week. Um, last week but then he wasn't and now he's missing practice again so it's just it's weird vibes uh, around that one um the keaton mitchell one is disappointing because he did look explosive and he was kind of getting uh a little bit of a, a hold on that backfield the last couple games he had been out there first on the field and was getting a lot of the, the carries between the 20s and was looking pretty good with them so it's unfortunate um, but it probably creates a little bit of opportunity for Gus Bus to um, resume his role of uh, default RB and maybe fall into the end zone a couple more times. And um, it's a, it's I'm 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 grateful for Steelers fans that they don't have to watch any more of uh, Mitch Trubisky because it's it's never a good experience and he hasn't looked great and. You know, I, I think what we've seen from Mason Rudolph in the past has been, I think, a little more functional and probably means better things for the the, the pass catchers, the offensive skill players for, for Pittsburgh, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Um, I think personally, probably a little upside uh, with a little more upside with Rudolph relative to Trubisky. Yeah, I mean... I did pick up Rudolph in a couple of leagues, and I may have to start him because I've been decimated by injuries, one of those being Herbert um, on the Chargers. And uh, talk about the Chargers. They got pummeled on Thursday Night Football. The Raiders dropped 63 on them. Um, and immediately, Brandon Staley lost his job as head coach, which I think we were all waiting for. Um, but honestly, like, what you guys is like – feel on the Chargers offensive players going forward. We'll, we'll get to Eckler a little bit later, but obviously like Keenan Allen missed and he's getting older. Uh, Quinn Johnson is not the answer. Uh, Mike Williams has come back from injury. So like, what are your kind of prospects on, on Herbert, who is like generally viewed as a top six, seven dynasty quarterback? I still think he's probably up there, but I, I do think it's concerning. I think the, you know, change at head coach is 
a welcome thing that everyone's kind of been waiting for. So hopefully that'll help turn things around next year. But like you said, a lot of his weapons are either older or very injury prone. And, you know, you, you really look ahead a year or two, you don't really know who's going to be there. Like it's Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, all going to be there. If not, who's going to be there. So I think it's concerning, but if you look at the rest of the quarterbacks in the league, I think he's still definitely top 10, definitely wouldn't put him in the top five, but somewhere in that like six to 10 range probably for me. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I think the outlook really comes heavily down to where they land from a head coaching perspective. Um, Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what the contract situation for Keenan Allen is like, how many more years he has left. Um, I know that, you know, Quentin Johnson, Johnson hasn't been as productive as they had hoped for a first round wide receiver, but I'm not exactly ready to write him off yet. I mean, he did catch a touchdown last week. He has looked all right the last couple weeks, still not great, but I mean, maybe a chance that he becomes something serviceable. Um, I'm, I'm confident in Justin Herbert as a fantasy quarterback, as a decent fantasy quarterback, as long as there's, um, uh, a competent coach and OC in place there. Um, I just, you know, it doesn't seem like, uh, Kellen Moore is going anywhere. Uh, it was just Brandon Staley and right. It was Staley was fired and the GM as well. Yep. I mean, when you give up, I think uh, Staley was a defensive head coach. And when you give up 63, uh, really not doing your job there where the more the offense is okay. They're just dealing with a lot of injuries. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the offense hasn't, hasn't been great. Well, with year. Herbert, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't great. It, it definitely was a disappointment. No, it wasn't but, great, right? It was, Herbert, it was underwhelming yeah. even relative to what it was last year. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird situation. I think for, for now, for the, for the, uh, the next couple of weeks, I, I personally would not be chasing some of the points that were put up towards the end of last week's game in garbage time against a Raiders defense that's not really very good and also was not really very motivated to um, play much defense up by, you know, however many, what were they up? Nine touchdowns at that point. So (laughs) a bunch of their guys caught touchdowns towards the end and Easton Stick actually ended up with a somewhat respectable fantasy day, some of the wide receivers. He, but he was well. horrible. Yeah. Like did, I not, did not let the fantasy score uh, make you think he was good. He was not good. Yeah, it's like Joe said, it was all garbage time points. Our, one of our league mates dropped him mid-game. He was that bad. Um, but tell about another quarterback who uh, did not show up uh, this week. Uh, my boy Sam Howell. I, I did. I mean, I got to be unbiased here. Not great. Don't like to see him get benched. And Brissett immediately, I think, score more fantasy points than Howell did in uh, less time and, and thrown to McLaurin. So that one uh, definitely hurt. And they have brutal matchups going the rest of the way. So I'm not excited about starting Howell because now you have this fear that he could get benched at any moment. Um, so it definitely makes you concerned. And he's got the Jets this week. So worried about that. Um, Couple other upsets that we had though were uh, Panthers beat the Falcons, which I think everyone who hates Arthur Smith is rejoicing about. 
And uh, the Seahawks came in and beat the Eagles to hand the Eagles their third straight loss um, and Drew Locke becoming a hero. But I wanted to see if you guys had any thoughts on like how the – how those upsets came about, if there's any players of note from there. I mean, it was cool for me personally to see. I mean, it hurt Ryan, obviously. But JSN start to get some uh, primetime looks uh, is a rookie that we've been uh, hoping would break out. But any notable things from those upsets and or Howell benching? Yeah, I mean, the Seahawks and the Eagles, you know, like you said, JSN hurt us in fantasy. But the Seahawks have actually been looking pretty good the last couple of weeks. And You've been mentioning it for a while. The Eagles haven't been looking as good as everyone expected them to. So now three straight losses, uh, you know, a little concerning what's going on there. Um, I still think they're a pretty good team and not someone you want to see in the, in the playoffs, but um, you know, Jalen Hurts also was supposedly pretty sick going into the game. So uh, we'll see how they finish the season, but I don't know if I would, call that as much of an upset as it probably would have been at the beginning of the season. Um, and then Howell, yeah, I mean, unfortunate for you, Dave, um, you don't, don't want to see him benched, uh, and then have to start him the next week in the fantasy. Right. So, I got Minshew. I got Minshew. I'm starting yeah, Minshew. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it'd be tough to start him for sure. Um, but you said, uh, Brissette came in and McLaurin actually did great once, uh, Brissette came in. So who knows what they end up doing there. I have Brissett, too. I just, like, need them to commit to one. I can't have a, them yeah. both playing a half a game. Yeah, you don't it's want to be starting a half game. It's almost like um, Sam Howell has been good enough where Brissett hasn't really gotten the opportunity that I think going into the season we kind of thought there was going to be a, mm-hmm. a, a tag team approach. But Howell's been competent enough where Brissett hasn't really gotten the opportunity, but Brissett's actually pretty good. You know, like he looked good when he came in last week and he's been pretty good for fantasy and decent for, for NFL, for real football in the past. Uh, I think they should give him a shot, quite frankly. I mean, at this point, the team's not playing for much. So, uh, you know, I know it would be easier for you if they would just come out and say that, but just if, pick one, just you know, pick one. If they had just come out and said this week that they were starting Brissett, um, you said you were you had Minshew in there. Who does Indy play? Uh, I think the Falcons. The maybe. Falcons. That's right. Yeah. That's right. In Atlanta. It's yeah, in one. Atlanta. I, I'm I'm going. I, no I, matter what, I, it's the yeah, Jets. So, I'm not playing. I'm yeah, not playing quarterbacks. Yeah, Jets. Yeah. yeah, but maybe any other team. I, I think yeah. I would, I would ride with Brissett because yep. he, he's he's pretty good for fantasy. But I think they get the 49ers the following week. So there's like. I don't think I'm starting the the commander's quarterback the rest of the season. Um, But moving on to another quarterback. I I do just want to say one more thing. Uh, I know I've said this many times, and I just want to reiterate it for probably like the seventh or eighth time. But uh, (laughs) I had like an an eight-leg parlay. I was at a wedding on Sunday. And me (laughs) and all all the people who were at this wedding had had a big parlay together. And the only leg of the parlay that lost was uh, the Falcons' money line against the Panthers Mm -hmm. because Desmond Ritter stinks. He is a monster (laughs) NFL quarterback. And for some reason, in in torrential rain, with the lead, in chip shot field goal range against an absolutely atrocious team who can't score a touchdown if their entire season depended on it, 
just decided to do his normal, like every game he throws a pick directly into the chest of the DB. And in this instance, he did it. Like with that's who he's targeting. <laughs> four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And naturally, uh, Carolina was able to get the ball into field goal range. And that was it. Uh, Atlanta didn't touch the ball again. And they became the, the, the second loss for the Carolina Panthers. Or at and, the hands and, of the Carolina Panthers. And River got benched this week. It's going to be Heineke this upcoming week. It was that bad. Um, and Yeah. I, I mean, as soon as I saw it, I was like, obviously he's getting benched. Because he, <laughs> you can't <laughs> play this guy again. Interception machine directly to – like they're not even – they don't even have – it's just every week it's directly into the chest of a DB. I, I might I might do like a montage of it and put it – we can put it up on our uh, our podcast – TikTok, and it'll just be Desmond Ritter throwing picks in the red zone right into a DB. Ah, They're going to be right. beautiful passes to that DB, though. Like if that, <laughs> yeah. that was the intended target. Um, yeah. Can't Got to fire Arthur Smith. Uh, yeah. But one last note before we, we jump in is, uh, Kyler Murray, I kind of want to get your uh, temperature check, Joe, because I haven't been overly impressed. I don't think he's thrown more than one touchdown in a game yet. He's, he's had some rushing touchdowns, but – um, as someone who drafted him early and has been waiting for him to come around, because he, he's played at an MVP level in the past, what is uh, your current uh, view of him so far? So I'm, I haven't been blown away, but at the same time, I'm not. I'm not concerned. He is first and foremost. I mean, he's he's struggling in terms of uh having real explosive weapons to throw the ball to on the outside mm-hmm. right like we kind of talked about this weird uh hollywood brown heel situation going on that's been going on for the last like three weeks um michael wilson just came back last week um played a decent amount of snaps played almost the whole game but he uh yeah. ended up with three targets and no catches but again like that's the first time they've ever been out there together it's not like they've been, they've had a lot of like extensive time Trey McBride is is looking great, and he's basically Beast. the primary the primary target in the offense. Uh, they played. He had very good numbers in his favorable matchups. Um, so Atlanta, Houston, and the Rams, uh, QB thirteen six and nine, and then the last two weeks at Pittsburgh and home home against San Francisco. Those are just uh, not great from a matchup perspective. And he has been running, which I like. Um, and the next three weeks at Chicago, at Philadelphia, home for Seattle, uh, those are all pretty, pretty, pretty good matchups. So I think if he finishes the year strong, and he probably will. Uh, I mean, we'll see, right? But I'm not concerned about him going into next year. I think the team's going to still be rolling with him. Um, for from a fantasy standpoint, I don't think the running's going anywhere. So. I don't, I don't know if he's winning a Super Bowl, but I think he'll be all right for fantasy. Yeah, and he is averaging 17 points per game in the five games he's played. So it's it's not like it's been terrible. He's had two 20-point games. So I agree with Joe. I think they probably stick with him next year. So fantasy-wise, you know, still relevant, but uh, real life maybe not doing as well as you hoped. Yeah, I mean, it is encouraging to see the running. That was the one thing you weren't sure, uh, like how that would – uh, how confident he'd be in that coming off the injury. But I think the biggest is he has no weapons outside of 
Trey McBride. Uh, but there's a, a, a rookie that they are currently lined up to potentially draft in Marvin Harrison Jr. that could quickly change it around next year. So this is the time of year where you, you start trying to make your bets before these things happen. So in the offseason, if you believe they'll they'll make that draft pick and it could uh, increase the value, could be could be a target. And if you are concerned, maybe ship them off. But uh, the, this is the time of the season where you start thinking about that, like what is the next year's outlook going to be. But before next season, there's still the playoffs this year. So we kind of want to give you uh, some players that we're kind of eyeing that we think could help uh, help you get to a, a championship or a title based on you know some type of uh, players that have blown up in the past. Uh, but some of these are like summer studs that we know have gone into like God mode. Like in the past, I've had this is like Jamal Charles who just blew off. This is like, that was a throwback. But I want to give some players starting off that we have kind of been studs the whole year, but we think are really going to go into God mode going to the uh, final weeks of the season. So Joe, uh, I'll have you kick it off because this guy already started it off in uh, the first week of the playoffs. Yeah, so for me, my guy here is going to be James Cook, and it's been a couple weeks now. He's uh, he's well into on fire range. Um, so the Bills fired their offensive coordinator after their Week Ten loss at Denver, and since then Cook has posted fantasy totals of 18, 13, 23, and thirty five points over the last couple over the last four weeks, and more uh, meaningful than that, he's getting a ton of work on the ground. So carries, I think up until uh, the change in offensive coordinator, um, Cook had one game uh, on the season with, uh, or two games on the season with 15 or more carries. He's had 15 or more carries in three of the last four weeks, 25 carries last week, almost 200 yards. He's been the RB2 the last two weeks. And he's up to the RB5 on the season. Um, and what's even more impressive uh, about what he's doing is that he's doing it in the face of getting vultured on the goal line. He got vultured by Latavius Murray last week. And he got vultured by Josh Allen twice, I think, last week. And another once or twice the week before. And another, like I think Josh Allen's actually scored rushing touchdowns in like four out of the last five games and double digits in a few. So it's a situation where he's getting a lot of volume. He's doing a lot with it. He's involved in the passing game, seven targets, four targets, seven targets, five targets, three targets the last four weeks. And if they needed to throw the ball more last week, they weren't uh, dominating. He likely would have had uh, more involvement in the passing game last week. You just, the, 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 the thing about the, you have to worry about with, with cook is the touchdown variance, but, the, touch, the touchdown variance could could swing his way too, and uh, if he ends up with a game where he gets a, a goal line carry or two, um, or ends up getting the the touchdowns inside the five that have been going to to Josh Allen and, and Latavius Murray, then I, I think he's. I mean, honestly, I don't know. If there's anybody or very few at the running back position who you uh, feel more comfortable about rolling out there right now with. Uh, the situation the Bills are in and how well he's been performing. Yeah, I mean, he's looked great. And, you know, if you can have a piece of that Bills offense, it's always a good thing. Uh, it's interesting because he's been doing so well. I feel like it's almost been affecting the other superstars on the Bills <laughs> offense. You know, Diggs 
almost inversely of Cook started out the season on fire and the last couple of weeks has kind of dropped to where you're almost a little concerned starting him now. Um, and Josh Allen, even, you know, like you said, he's still vulturing some rushing touchdowns, so he's still getting his fantasy points, but he hasn't been putting up those like 30, 40 weeks as consistently as he was at the beginning of the year either. So, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. last week he only threw, completed seven passes for 94 yards because yeah. James Cook was so effective. And I think the quote that uh, Josh Allen had was something of the nature of like, I feel like the kid who got an A on the class project and did none of the work. Because, like, he didn't have to do anything. James Cook just dominated the entire game. Yeah, and it seems to be working. So you would assume they're just going to keep feeding him. So uh, I think Joe's right. He could definitely be a huge fantasy asset these next couple weeks. For sure. It's good to see. Right, you got it. It's good to see. No, I was going to say, it's good to see that. Some of these teams, like, like you see them run a a couple times and they're kind of gashing and then they just go away from it, right? So it's good to see that they're – recognizing they have an advantage here and they're continuing to to uh, stick with it. Yeah. Thank God they got rid of Singletary because you, you would see the slashing <laughs> by James Cook. And then, you know, yeah. said, well, let's go back to Singletary. Uh, but, right, you got another running back who this is, again, one of Joe's boys uh, that came in and has, like, had an unbelievable season. But why don't you jump in? Yeah, I went with Kyron Williams, uh, kind of for the same reason as James Cook, right? He had 27 carries last week, true bell cow, which is pretty rare nowadays. He's getting those goal line touches. You know, Stafford's not going to run it in. And he finished with 152 yards and a touchdown while adding five catches, only for three yards, but still getting the targets. And the Rams offense is firing on all cylinders. So he's been looking really good. I think he's going to put up you know, pretty huge numbers these next couple of weeks. Uh, they faced the Saints and the Giants in the next two games. The Saints aren't terrible against the run. They rank 16th, but the Giants rank 26th against the run. And since returning in week 12, Kyron Williams has 35, 18, 13, and 22 fantasy points. So he's got a huge role and should continue to put up some big numbers. And I think he's going to help a lot of teams win a championship and it's not really new. He's been doing it all season, but I, I definitely think it continues through the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm officially a believer, uh, which is crazy. Cause I was like, Joe knows. I was like the complete opposite. I was like making jokes about it. I thought he was trash. Uh, I, and because I'm trying to say, I actually tried to acquire him in, in a different dynasty league I'm in because I'm like, I think they're sticking with this guy now. And like, he's been the focal point of the offense. And I, I if you have him like that, I, he's definitely going to be someone who's on a lot of rostered championship teams, I think, because you got him for so cheap and he's been so, he's literally like a top three running back and you got him from nothing. Yeah, I think he's RB number six on the year, but he also with injury missed, missed time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he yeah. missed what, one, two, three two games so yeah it, he's been huge for you but props to you joe that was and, your and, call <laughs> yeah i mean it worked out it's nice to get him every once in a while but the, the thing about Kyron williams is uh he's involved in the passing game he's involved between the 20s and he gets all the goal line carries it's one of those situations where like uh there could be a lot more running backs like him it, and it's just like Sean McVay is kind of a, a, a dream to fantasy players in that he, he mm-hmm. generally just rolls with one running back and 
he, he gets the majority of the work. He gets the passing down work. He gets the goal line work. So that was kind of my logic in going after Kyron, which is, you know, I had my concerns about Cam Akers with the injury and like on the off chance that it, it's it, Kyron Williams happened to hit, then like this could be in the cards just given McVay's history. So it, it's uh, pretty nice. It's it's, uh, it's good to see for him. And uh, unfortunately, the, the fan, the, the dynasty league where I, I own him, where I made the savvy move to acquire him before the season started, uh, Travis Kelsey kind of let me down, and I'm and I've been eliminated. But hopefully, he'll keep going next year. Yeah, I mean, I I think he will. And honestly, the the biggest thing for me, why I'm believe- he actually looks like fast on the field now. Like he never to me looked fast. He was always like a plotter. Now he's like. I don't know. He's just beating defenders. So I, I think the Rams are going to be invested in him going forward. But kind of another player who going into the season not um, wasn't highly thought of and wasn't like in redraft leagues. Definitely wasn't a highly drafted player. And, and rookie drafts was maybe a second round rookie pick, um, but has been like a revelation. And who I also now think the team is going to be committed to is Rashad White. And, like, if you don't own Rashad White, you may not realize how good he's been this year. He's the RB4 in the year. And since week seven, he's been an absolute rock for your team. His fantasy finishes over that time since week seven is the RB16, 11, 1, 12, 14, 18, 10, 6, and then 6 this last week. Um, And they've definitely been committed to him. And he's becoming more efficient as the season has gone on. He's gotten 20 plus rush attempts the last three weeks, averaging over 4.2 yards per carry in each of those games. And to go along, he's also getting a nice receiving baseline, which has always been his calling card coming out of uh, college. He's already has 50 receptions on the year this, uh, so far. Um, and he closes out the year with Jacksonville this week and New Orleans the next week. Neither of these that I'm that concerned about for him. And New Orleans obviously is a solid D, but I'm not concerned, especially because he's so involved in both the running and passing game. As we mentioned, like if you're involved in both, you're going to get fantasy points. So I think going forward, starting Rashad White, like you, you can do it with full confidence, know you're going to get at worst like a back-end RB1 performance. But – what are your guys' views on that? And were you aware of how good White has been this year? Well, I have him. So uh, I've definitely yeah. been aware of how aware. good he's been. Um, but you know what I think is interesting? We all went with running backs and all kind of went with, you know, a true three down bell cow running back, which is becoming rare in the NFL. But these teams that these running backs are on are all doing well. So it's interesting that teams have kind of gone away from a a true three down running back because the teams that have stuck with it seem to be doing pretty well. Also these, none of these players going into draft season were highly drafted. Like even preseason coming into the season in dynasty, you could have got them for much, much cheaper. Like at most, maybe a early, like second round pick. You probably could have got these guys. Yeah, which goes to show, you know, when drafting, if you can target someone that could fall into a three-down role, it's really, really valuable. Yeah, I think when they when when you kind of use that like phrase, whether for redraft or dynasty, right? Like league winner, um, it generally yeah. it generally speaks to to a player who is performing like a top ten guy uh, without the top ten draft capital, right? All these guys 
in in redraft. I mean, who the hell even knows where you were drafting Kyron Williams and Chad White and James Waivers <laughs> mid round uh, at best. So yeah, I mean, it's it it, it kind of makes you uh, reminisce a little bit about the old days where there were a lot of running backs who had this kind of dominant role and. Now it's like they're few and far between. And if you happen to have one of those guys, and if you didn't have to spend an early draft pick on him, I mean, obviously we could have all said Christian McCaffrey for this one because if you have him, yeah, he's yeah, probably taking me. Mean, he's he's a cheat code. He, yeah, he's better than most quarterbacks in a super flex. <laughs> yeah, uh, but if but you happen to have speaking, someone who's producing similarly, yeah, it's 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 a yeah. huge advantage. But speaking of quarterbacks, I know there's a couple other ones before we move on. Um, I'm just couple other players who we know are and they have already been producing um at the quarterback position that'll probably carry a lot of teams to a title as well uh one guy i want to call is brock purdy who is currently your nfl favorite favorite to win the nfl mvp i think it's like minus 200 odds right now um he's just been a stud if you have like it, which is another crazy story. We're talking about like late draft. The guy, this was the last overall pick in the NFL draft, and he might win the MVP in his second year, which is just out of control. But he's perfect fit for uh, that offense. He's got weapons everywhere. Uh, he's been a top six quarterback five of the last six weeks. Um, absolutely crazy. And I, I think he might be the most owned player on and like teams this year who win a title because you got him for cheap, maybe off waivers, and he's been a stud. This week he gets the Ravens a little tough, but next week if you get to the finals, he's playing the Commanders. He's they're going to light up the Commanders. Like I don't think there's any doubt there. But I know Ry, you have one other quarterback you want to throw out there. Yeah, so I was also going to mention Dak Prescott. He did just put up a massive dud in Week 15. He only had six fantasy points and no touchdowns. So if you have him, you might not be continuing to the next round. But if you are lucky enough to survive. Or have a buy. Uh, or have a buy. <laughs> uh, I do think he still holds a lot of value the next couple of weeks. Since his buy in week seven, if you exclude last week, he's been averaging 33 points per game over seven weeks. So, you know, that's really, really good value. And we've talked about quite a few high end QBs going down, like Burrow and Herbert, and some others not performing like we're used to. Mahomes is only averaging like 19 points a game. So, Dak may turn out to be one of the best quarterbacks uh, for the next two weeks if he can get back to uh, what he was doing before week 15. Yeah. And one other player just to keep an eye on, uh, and these are studs again that you've had on your team, is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, He's hurt, um, but Zach Moss also got hurt, and the Colts are actually in the playoff hunt right now. I think they're the seventh seed, and they – Colts actually never put uh, Jonathan Taylor on IR, which means they thought that he could get back earlier than four weeks potentially. And they've he's already missed three weeks of games. So he's in a realistic window to potentially get back this week. And he's got some solid matchups against the Atlanta this week and the Raiders next week. So not giving the full award for potentially going fantasy God mode, but there is the potential that he comes back and goes beast mode uh, these final two weeks and, and is the player that you hoped he was when you drafted him. Yeah, I have a lot of regrets about not owning uh, Brock Purdy in, in this league. <laughs> I liked him a lot, and I feel like we had a lot of Trey Lance banter, and I was kind of just like, yeah, but, you know, Purdy's going to be the starter. He's getting all the hype, and I didn't put my money where my mouth was then, and then I reached out to Schluter kind of like week two or three, like, hey, is Purdy available? And 
he kind of responded something like, what, what the hell's going on with Purdy? You're like the fifth person to reach out to me about Purdy this week. And I think he, I think he wised up and decided to just hang on to Purdy. He was kind of available at one point. I was, yeah. I was debating it as well. I was trying, I was like, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I'll kick, kick that can. And now I have to play him. So great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The tables have turned on you, Dave. Uh, not great, but, uh, Moving on to the next section. So those are studs. Those are players that like you expected to be doing well, but they're the ones that we think are really going to be a rock for your team. But uh, a lot of teams win for the players that come out of nowhere. Uh, they're your bench players that really just get hot at the end of the season. Uh, a la Jarek McKinnon uh, last year just came out of nowhere and just started going bonkers. Uh, and these are the players that really put you over the edge. So I want to give a couple calls there. So, Ryan, you, your guy actually already blew up this past week, but I think is a great call because he's someone that people are getting excited about. Yeah, and in, in my defense, I did have this guy queued up uh, before he put up his 23-point performance. I'll test to that. I'll test to it. You did. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I went with Ty Chandler. Uh, this is a guy you likely hadn't started all year until maybe last week. Uh, he was averaging like three points a game. His two best weeks were 10 points and 13 points. And outside of those weeks, he had done pretty much nothing. However, with Madison missing last week, the door opened, and he had 23 carries for 132 yards and a touchdown, which is basically what Madison owners have been hoping for all year. Uh, he also seems to be taking over the lead role, even with Madison coming back. Uh, the Vikings head coach said he is absolutely a guy that is going to see a featured, featured role in our offense. And uh, he's been performing better than Madison when he's had the chance anyways. So faces the Lions and the Packers over the next two weeks. Uh, Packers are pretty bad against the run. So I think he continues to stay hot and will be a huge asset in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, and he looks he looks good. So good. Yeah. He's so like awesome. maybe it's because Madison looks so not explosive that Chandler looks yeah. so good. But like it's he just like why was this guy not playing earlier in the year? He's just so much better than Madison. Yeah, I think it's just that like everyone thought this was going to be Madison, but it turns out it's Chandler and uh, he's literally hitting at the exact perfect time. You know, week one of the fantasy playoffs, he goes off for 23 points and now should be featured hopefully the next two weeks as well. Um, you know, maybe it's a little concerning. Madison comes back and they give him some carries, but I don't know. After that performance, if you're the Vikings, I think you got to feed Chandler the ball. Yeah, I don't. I think they've been looking for an excuse to not give Madison the ball, so they finally have it. But uh, another guy who actually blew up this past week, but I also had queued up. He did have a good week the the other week, but uh, the guy who I think is going to be carrying a lot of teams to the titles is uh, David Njoku, because uh, after what has been somewhat of a disappointing career so far, because you've seen flashes from Njoku before, but they have never been sustained and. And, but it's because it's always been a small uh, spurt. It seems like he's finally putting it together because the Browns finally have an elite quarterback in Flacco. Uh, but, all those Zinger, he loves it. That's right. Flacco is the QB of the Bra- like Cleveland Browns future right there. Uh, he has finished as the tight end too the last two weeks. And he had targets last week of 14 and the week before of eight. Um, and he's always been, again, a red zone target because he's like an athletic freak. 
and it did work again in his favor this past two weeks. He had one touchdown this past week and two the week before. But he's also now a primary read in the offense with that type of target uh, count. Um, again, always an athletic freak, but you combine that with those target counts and a team that cannot run the ball, so they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. And I think Flacco has thrown at least 44 pass attempts each of the past three weeks. Plus, he's got a solid schedule for tight ends with uh, Houston and New York Jets uh, in championship weeks. And Joko is going to potentially finish the year as the tight end one or at very worst, a high end option there. And it's crazy because I know I wasn't really a believer for a while and Joe and I have owned him in another league and we kind of just were out on him. He is, he, he's going to carry a lot of teams out there. We'll see what happens going beyond this year. But right now when you're trying to win a title and Joko is definitely going to help you. Yeah, and like you said, yeah. it, you know, it's always been red zone for him, but they're 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 hitting him downfield. Like some of these touchdowns that he's scoring the last couple of weeks yeah. since Blacko took over have been downfield touchdowns, like 20, 25, 30 plus yards. So it's uh it's pretty awesome. It's it's good to see and he's definitely got the he's definitely got the skills in his bag. It's just not the way they were using him in the offense previously. Guy's also really tough. I don't remember. He burned his face off like a couple months ago and didn't miss a game. This guy's insane. Joe, why don't you tell us uh, who you got? Yeah, so for me, uh, I was funny. Like, I, as I was kind of thinking about this, I'm like, we probably could have named this award after James Conner as well. And you know, he did, he doesn't he doesn't come out of nowhere per se. He he comes out of nowhere in the in the respect that he's drafted with decently high capital and then kind of disappears for some point of the season. He underwhelms. He gets hurt. He misses five to seven weeks, and then he comes back, and that's kind of where he emerges out of nowhere to uh, to win you fantasy championships. Um, and it's not surprising that this year it's kind of the same script where after nine weeks of kind of uselessness, uh, Connor's heating up again at just the right time. So last year, Connor started slow, missed time, um, and underwhelmed, and then returned late in the season and ripped off. RB finishes of 5, 14, 4, 4, 12, 5, 15 from weeks 10 through 17 and was an integral part of a lot of uh, fantasy champions. And if you fast forward to this year, uh, the last two weeks, Connor has put up 23 and 17 points, respectively, good for RB5 and 11 uh, finishes after, like I said, missing, I think he missed six weeks in the middle of the season, six or seven weeks, uh, had an okay start to the season, but then was hurt. And uh, Arizona's passing offense, like I mentioned earlier, is having some issues. Obviously, they're banged up. Um, their number one target is tight end at this point by far. Yeah. Um, but they yeah, have right. <laughs> Chicago and Philadelphia the next two weeks. And Philadelphia is uh, on paper a good rush defense, uh, but they just had – Quite a bit of trouble with Ken Walker last week. Uh, he, he really, really uh, um, sliced him up on Monday night. And, uh, you know, I, I don't I wouldn't be surprised to see. I mean, obviously, Chicago is, is pretty terrible against the run, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Connor put up good numbers against both of these two defenses to to finish up the season. So I think uh, it's going to be a very similar script for James Connor season this year uh, as it was last year. Wish he wouldn't because I think I'm playing him. Um, but no, I, I agree. He's been looking great the past few weeks. Um, and 
yeah, it's crazy that certain type, uh, running backs just get stronger as the season go on or healthy for in Connor's uh, case because he's he's just missing out. Um, but I do want to call out a couple other players and, and I want to jump in on one because you kind of alluded to him. is Trey McBride, which we haven't given, I don't think, too much love to. And I think he, we really need to start doing it because he's making the case to be a top three tight end dynasty. And like if you said he was the top tight end dynasty – I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't say that's a crazy uh, statement. I'm not saying I, I believe that, but I think there is grounds to believe that because uh, he has been an absolute stud this past week. He's the only reliable pass catching option for the Cardinals. Getting like nine targets a game, um, and if you watch him, he's making like big boy catches. These aren't like just like little dink and dunks. Like he is like jumping up over defenders. Um, and he does have a pretty juicy schedule to close of the year. So I think he's going to be someone as well who's going to carry a lot of teams uh, to a title at the end of the year. But guy came out of nowhere. He looked like he might have been a disappointed after his rookie year, but he is looking like a potential stud at the tight end position. Yeah, and the tight end landscape in general has just changed so much this season. I'm looking at the top tight ends from Week 15, and it's Laporta, Najoku, Henry, and McBride. If you said that those were going to be the top four tight ends at the beginning of the season, you'd be crazy. So uh, I know we're going to talk about some of the top tight ends uh, later in the podcast, but it's, it's interesting to see. And, uh, you know, I think both tight ends you've mentioned, Dave, definitely are going to help some teams win. For sure. Any other players uh, jumping out at you guys that you think are going to come out of nowhere and help some teams get to a title? You know, we named it the Jarek McKinnon Award, so I, f- I feel like we have to mention Jarek McKinnon himself. Uh, <laughs> he, he literally scored 16 fantasy points in Week 15 and 11 in Week 14. Obviously, that was just because Pacheco was out. Um, but, hey, if Pacheco is injured and McKinnon keeps finding some playing time, that's a guy who you definitely weren't starting before Week 14, and all of a sudden, here he is fantasy relevant again in the playoffs. Yeah, and I would I would throw Gus Edwards out there. I think um, he was, like I mentioned earlier in the pod, Keaton Mitchell was getting a little more of the between the 20s opportunities. He was the first guy on the field the last couple games, but um, obviously now he's done for the year, and Baltimore wants to be a run-first offense, and Gus will continue to get opportunities as the lead back there. So I think maybe not totally totally out of nowhere but um you know he's had he's had another one of those seasons Gus that's kind of been like up and down he was very very good for a while and then when Keaton emerged uh he kind of started to fade a bit but I think he's gonna he's gonna come back on come back on strong to finish out these last couple weeks yeah, I really wish you would stop picking Schluter's team players. Um, but <laughs> alas, <laughs> alas uh, but I got a couple deeper cuts uh, uh, for the listeners here. Noah Brown um, is someone who like was probably just lucky in your bench. You may have cut off of waivers. But he's flashed a couple times this year when he was lead uh, wide receiver. And this past week, he did it again. He went eight, uh, had 11 targets and went eight for 82 and a touchdown. And that was with Keenum at quarterback. And it does sound like Keenum's going to be the quarterback again this week against the Browns. But Nico Collins is still a little banged up. He may be back. But I think Noah Brown is still a good start this week. But if you get to the uh, championship game and Stroud is back in week uh, 17, which he sounds like he should be, you get to play the tight end secondary. And I think Noah Brown is going to blow up in week 17. So that's someone who, I, if you have on your bench, I'd be very excited about. Um, 
Gordon Minshew, a little biased because I have him uh, in a lot of spots, but he's been a very good streaming quarterback too, um, and he's put up some solid weeks. Obviously, this past week was a big blow week for him, but he's had a lot of games where he's been like a back-end QB1, high-end QB2. Um, and with all the injuries at quarterback, I think this is a good pivot if you if you have that ability, and he has a pretty decent schedule. He's got Atlanta, who is not the worst defense, but they're, they're not the most elite either, so I think he'll still be okay. And they got the Raiders in Week 17. So as long as he gets Michael Pittman back, I think they'll be okay. Especially also if he gets Jonathan Taylor back and he does some dump offs and see uh, JT uh, take it to the house. And a super deep cut, um, Hunter Henry. Obviously, we talked about the tight end landscape uh, emerging, but some people are still fishing for a good tight end. And Hunter Henry has had a great connection with Zappi um, in the red zone lately. He had two touchdowns uh, two weeks uh, I think it was, yeah, two uh, two weeks ago and then one last week. But he this past week, he actually got nine targets and went seven for 66. So he seems to be a reliable target for Zappi. The one thing I will caution, he, he did get banged up. So we'll see if he's playing this week or not. But he does have some decent matchups for, uh, for the tight end position against Denver and Buffalo to close out the year. So if you're really just, you know, uh, swimming in the in the muck here for a tight end. I think Hunter Henry could potentially actually have a big blow up week for you. Yeah, I mean, there's no one else there, uh, you know, for yeah. the Patriots. So Hunter Henry's, you know, getting nine targets because who else are you going to throw the ball to? But yeah, I mean, he had, he had twenty. Because you're going to throw it to. <laughs> yeah, he had twenty fantasy points in week fifteen, so definitely uh, on the radar. Yeah, both he and Trey McBride on uh, on my roster, in addition to Dallas. Uh, Godair. So uh, in the offseason, Godair. <laughs> so I am. W folks, uh, if anybody's in need of a tight end, uh, uh, the shop will be open. And uh, if anybody wants to reach out, that's right. I, I, I likely won't be looking to hang on to all three of them. <laughs> Who knows? I've started a lot of tight ends this year. Um, <laughs> but moving to the final section is uh, the All Rookie Super Bowl Award, or the ARSB, or Amon Ra St. Brown Award, because uh, in Amon Ra's rookie year, he blew up the back half of the year. And this this does happen a lot. Rookies put together the back half of the season, and they can carry you to a title. So, who are some rookies that we think are going to help carry some uh, players to a title? So, Joe, why don't you jump in first? Yeah, so um, I'll take the easy road here. And, uh, and I'll go with Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I think it would be a shame to not mention him uh, for recognition in the category where we talk about um, rookie awards, where the last couple of weeks he's really looked like probably the most explosive and dynamic rookie of them all. Um, Gibbs has looked stellar, and he's, and he's getting into the end zone. He's getting more opportunities on the ground. And another thing that I've noticed is – uh, Detroit's defense has gotten pr- pr- significantly worse kind of as the season has gone on. And as a result, uh, Gibbs has found, um, I don't know if there's exactly correlation, but um, when they're in competitive and negative game script, I feel like Gibbs is on the field a little bit more and they use him in the passing game a little bit more. Um, we talked about the last couple of weeks, how maybe the safest bet in, in, like all of football is the Jameer Gibbs over 13, 14, 15, 16, whatever his longest, longest rush uh, 
prop is? I think we've hit it. How many weeks in a row have you hit it, Dave? Eight, eight weeks. Uh, and, and and it only wasn't longer because I think he was hurt the week <laughs> that like nine weeks ago. I was looking back too because like betting it, it's a money printing machine. I bet it without a doubt. Like I don't care the NFL sake. That's the first thing I throw down on. Yeah, and like you said, right? Like the last couple weeks with Montgomery fully healthy, he's still putting up big numbers. He's still getting into the end zone significant. Time. He's getting into the end zone on the ground. He's getting into the end zone in the air. Um, and I really, I mean, he doesn't have the best matchups the rest of the way um, at Minnesota and at Dallas are both relatively difficult, but you know, Detroit's in the middle of a, a playoff race right now. And their defense hasn't been very good, especially against the pass. So I think that, He's going to continue to have, um, I mean, hopefully the rushing opportunities are continue, stay where they are. And I, I mean, it would be nice. I would love to see them bump up just a hair. Um, but it shouldn't really matter as long as he's breaking huge explosive runs with the, with the opportunities that he gets. So uh, Jameer Gibbs hopefully keeps it going. Um, and it's just been awesome to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad you called him out, too, because he does have tougher matchups. And a lot of people, when they're looking at uh, their playoffs, uh, who's going to blow up, they look at the matchups. But also, you got to look at just, like, certain players are just, like, doesn't matter what their matchups are. And Gibbs is that type of player. Like, I don't care who his opponent is. He's going to get his and, and be great. So that's a good uh, endorsement. Be like, don't shy away from Gibbs. He's, he'll carry you to a title. Especially against Minnesota. Dallas will see that. Yeah. Although James Cook just uh, just kind of beat up Dallas. Just, so, yeah. If James Cook can slash in, uh, the Dallas D, I think uh, Gibbs probably can as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ry? Yeah, so I, I went similar to Joe, a pretty easy pick. We've talked about him a lot lately, but I went with Rasheed Rice. Uh, he's exploded over the last four weeks, so it it's, isn't really a surprise pick, but... I think he's the rookie that can lead you to a championship over the last four weeks. He's averaging 10 targets and eight catches and about 15 fantasy points per game. And he's finished as the wide receiver three, 26, 12 and 10. Uh, and now he's facing the Raiders and the Bengals in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, none of those teams really strike fear in you. So uh, I think he's going to keep it going. Plus he has the added bonus of having a pissed off Mahomes throwing him the ball. Mahomes, you know, you got to assume is not going to throw to Tony anymore after what's been going on with him. So Rice might even get a few extra targets over the next few weeks. And he's turning into a stud at the perfect time. I know we talked about Schluter trading for him uh, back when that trade happened. He wasn't really the focal point of the trade. But I think if we if we went back to that one now, you know, Rice might be the most valuable asset in it. Yeah, I really wish you guys stopped picking Schluter's team in this <laughs> segments you're, you're killing me here <laughs> yeah you know like, to. He, he just took me out <laughs> going the right direction for for rice where the kc defense hasn't been as good they needed to score a little more points you know pacheco went out kelsey looks slow Kadarius tony is a, a walking mistake like it just everything points to him being the guy that mahomes needs to use and he's there they're, they're building a, a growing rapport as the season goes on. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm scared. Um, 
Yeah, I'm going to move on. I don't think these guys are in Schluter's team, but who knows? He probably owns all these guys. Um, but I'm going double dipping with a pair of rookie Green Bay wide receivers, uh, Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks. So first, going to say Reed, we've already kind of discussed him uh, earlier this year, but he's kind of turning to like a Debo light the way that he's used in Green Bay. Um, he's kind of he's just a baller, and with Christian Watson going out with his injury with his hamstrings, his targets have been on the rise this past month. He's been getting uh, targets of eight, five, ten, and eight this past week. Um, but he's also getting looks in the run game, and has actually taken in a couple of rushing touchdowns. So he's proving to be very highly effective in both the passing and rush game. So if you have him, I'd be very excited. I think uh, he's only going to grow his uses there, but. On the other hand, you got Wicks, who was a later draft pick. He was, I think, in the fifth round of the NFL draft. But the Packers seem to love this guy, and his usage continues to grow over this past month. He's seen his snap percentage grow each week over the last four weeks, with uh, this past week being at 78% of snaps. He's also getting more targets uh, with six and seven the past uh, two weeks. And this last week, he actually finished with six for 97. And he's the perfect complement to Reed, which is kind of why I grouped them together, because he's a deep ball, field stretcher uh, type of wide receiver. His yards per target has been above 10 all year. And he does have a lower floor, but with his target share rising his and the increased usage, his floor is increasing as well. And he has the potential to blow up any given week because he could take a long, long shot to the house. Um so that and the Packers actually get the Panthers this week, which is a great matchup. And the Packers are in the playoff hunt as well. So you, you always want your player, uh, your players in fantasy playoffs to be on teams that are in the NFL playoff hunt as well, because they're going to be trying a lot harder to win all their games. Um, and they're not going to be resting at all. So uh, getting any of these rookie wide receivers on Green Bay, I'd be pretty excited about. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, think both of those guys have looked good and maybe it comes down a little bit to christian watson he's missed the last two weeks so those targets have probably gone to these guys uh but if watson continues to miss more more time these are definitely guys you could probably throw in your lineup yeah if watson comes back he'll probably get hurt again (laughs) also true And, and like you said i mean reed is is getting looks in the run game and doing good things with them so he'll continue to get those looks, I think, even with or without uh, Christian Watson out there. I agree. And one other rookie we got to say, but it's almost too obvious, but Sam Laporta, he's going to, he already helped teams last week. He had three touchdowns, dominated. Uh, he might be the tight end one in Dynasty already. Uh, he's just doing things that you never have seen a rookie tight end do, and he's so young. Um, and he's a, him and Gibbs are like focal point. Obviously, I'm around like that offense. Like having pieces of that are great, and he's a key piece of that. So, couldn't leave the section without at least giving Laporta a shout out. Yeah, coach. With that being said, we logic that we talked about with Gibbs, where the more uh, Detroit's defense regresses, the more their offensive weapons are just oh, going to be. got to keep throwing, especially when they're in a dome at home, not on the road outdoors. It's uh, it's a great it's a great fantasy situation. Absolutely. But on the flip, there are some players that uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts on uh, that you – what are your feelings? Because I feel like you got to approach them with caution. And these are players that have been studs, highly drafted. They're key pieces of your uh, team. But uh, 
whether it be situation, their matchups, or how they've been producing lately, what, uh, how are you feeling about them? And some of the names I just want to run off, and, and you can jump in on whichever ones you guys want to talk about. But Bajon Robinson, Saquon Barkley, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Derrick Henry, and Eckler, I'm sure we'll get into as well. But w- w- these are guys that were staples of your lineup for most of the year that, at least for me, I'm starting to have some concerns about starting in the fantasy playoffs. We want to get your thoughts on. Yeah, I mean, you, you're definitely concerned about all those guys. I don't, I don't know if you're necessarily concerned about Mahomes. You're concerned he's not going to have a 30-point week. But in terms of the running backs, Eckler, I'm pretty sure he's done as a runner. Spiller had more rushing attempts in Week 15, and Kelly also got five. So his value now is really as a pass catcher. He had four catches on six targets, but only 29 yards last week. So he definitely is a real risky start. He hasn't looked great, and we talked about it earlier. The Chargers offense has just looked horrendous in general. Did just fire their coach, so maybe that you know pumps up the team and something changes here and Eckler has a good week. But you know, you're definitely not uh, super pumped about what he's been doing over the last couple of weeks. And then John, I, you know, he he always looks great, but. Like you said, it, it's his usage. He only had eight touches, so there's not much you can do with that usually. And, uh, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they start using him more. Yeah, you know, it's uh, maybe they will. It, it's kind of been, like, very inconsistent with him the whole season. So kind of just got to – if you if you managed to survive last week with B. John and you still got him, I, I don't think you can bench him. So I think you just got to hope that – Arthur Smith realizes that, you know, he barely touched the ball and they lost the game to the worst team in the league. So maybe he should touch <laughs> the ball. Um, yeah, the one eight touches. Mentioned, Ridiculous. <laughs> the one that you mentioned, uh, I would say that I'm maybe the least concerned with just because of the matchup, I think, would be Brees Hall uh, going up against Washington. Mm-hmm. Washington can't stop a nosebleed at this point. And I think that... <laughs> You know, it's, I think that game is in New York. Um, so I just think if anybody on the Jets is going to do anything against – like, I mean, I I don't think Washington's going to come in and, and, and pitch a shutout in that one. And um, Zach Wilson has looked functional. And when he passes the ball, you know, Freese has been pretty involved in the past game. So, I mean, their offensive line is, is a le- legitimate catastrophe. But I think if – if, if he can be involved in the past game and against Washington, it might not even matter. So he's, he's one where at least, at least next week, I would feel reasonably confident putting him out there. Um, and I'm, I'm also saying that looking to hit him with a strong reverse jinx because I'm <laughs> facing him in, that, in another league semifinal. Um, I completely agree with Eckler, have him in a dynasty. And honestly, it's at this point, I'm like, if I can, if I can, if he can sign in a in a place that, for like some minimal amount that might stoke some kind of uh, excitement for next year, and I can trade him for any value, then that would be, I think, a gift. Um, he's unfortunately looking pretty cooked. Um, the one other player I'll mention is Travis Kelsey, who it's unfortunate to say, but. Um, he really has not been getting it done this year, not nearly in, in the way that you needed him to or that you 
in both redraft or dynasty, you kind of need somebody like Kelsey with the draft capital that you spent to to get it done. And he has not been terrible. Uh, he's still like you know last couple of weeks, you know tight end three, six, seven, eight. Last week twenty four. Um, but the numbers, you know, he it's good for you know twelve. Like basically, he's basically averaging between ten and twelve points a week, which is fine. But it's not what you know. It's not what you need from from Kelsey, given the draft capital that you spent, um, or the advantage that you need to have, or you need him to give you in order to to win. So, unfortunately, uh, I don't. I mean, the the like you mentioned, they have the benefit of a good schedule. Vegas and Cincinnati the next two weeks. So um, maybe, uh, maybe he'll, he'll put in a good performance in the playoffs one, one time for old time's sake, but (laughs) he does look a a hair of a step slower. And frankly, uh, I don't say this in jest Um, this season, unlike any other season with, with Kelsey, he's had a lot of, things going on outside of football and I don't necessarily you can say all you want that it doesn't affect it doesn't affect your preparation it doesn't affect your performance but you know like when you're experiencing what he is right now like kind of being really 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 skyrocketed into even more kind of fame and stardom than he he even originally had and also like um you know Dating one of like the most like eligible uh, female artists in the world. <laughs> it's just I I I just I wouldn't be even a little surprised if all of that wasn't having at least a marginally negative effect on his on his output this year. But it also could just be that he's 34 years old and losing a step and there's no other players besides maybe Rasheed Rice in that offense that's even worth the defense looking at. But yeah, I mean, Travis, hopefully you uh, you get it done. But at least I can thank you for uh, dragging Team Kropa down <laughs> and improving my draft first round draft pick in this league marginally going into next year. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I think those are all good calls. And I, I agree. I'm not worried about Brees Hall this week. But it is weird because Brees Hall, like, you expect him just every game to rip off a long run. That was kind of what he did his rookie year. And when he first came, like, seemed like he was fully healthy this year. That's what he did. And you haven't seen that at all this year. Like, he hasn't been ripping off long runs at any point. The offensive line is a mess, and that's probably a big factor in it. But uh, I do think he'll – finally get a long run in against uh, the commanders, but that it's just been weird to not see that explosiveness out of hall at all this year. Um, ETN, I just want to call out because if you like, if he doesn't get a touchdown, he kind of stinks. Like that's really just what it comes down to. He's not an efficient player. Um, Even when he gets a touchdown, it's not always a leap, but early in the season, he was getting all the touchdowns uh, for Jacksonville. And that's kind of shifted where he gets them a little bit more sporadically. And he's kind of hurt you over the past like six or seven weeks. And then finally, like Derrick Henry, the cliff might be here against uh, the Texans, who he usually smashes. I think uh, I saw that he was averaging like 30 fantasy points per game against uh, the Texans in his career, which is like crazy. This past week, on um, he had 20 touches. Five of them were uh, receptions. 
He had 13 yards. I don't think that's possible. Like, I don't understand how that's possible. Uh, and the Texans are not an elite defense. They've improved, certainly, but they're not an elite defense. So the cliff for Henry might be there. He still has a decent schedule, but I'd be getting a little bit worried if I had him on my roster moving forward. But with that said, the season, regular season ended, and we have to crown our winners for the high and low scores um, on here. So first going to give the high score winner, and it, uh, it was the Wilkinson Bros who – was scary there for a little bit, but uh, thought they were just going to be the low-score winner. But in uh, in Week 12, they came up big, just coming up short of 200 points. They finished the, the week with 199.46 for the high score of the year. But the low score, which was shocking how low this got, two people actually, as I mentioned, beat the low score that week. But uh, this one, I don't know if this will ever be beat in the history of this league. Uh, the Clark Sauce uh, team... They scored 33.8 points. There were, I think, five or six players that week who scored more than that alone. Um, and they had 10 players go. Just to remind everyone what our format is. So, yep, they will be funding the consolation bracket uh, grand prize. So, thank you, Clark Sauce, for funding that with your uh, charitable contributions. Yeah, and How do you feel, though, Ryan, about winning? Yeah, it feels good. Uh, it, it's not the score that we thought we were going to be winning i was pretty sure we were going to be winning the low score but uh yeah you know it it uh, covers up the pain a little bit of getting knocked out of the playoffs we at least uh, aren't leaving empty-handed so it's always a good thing yeah and he put up uh, a 141 this week to eliminate me from the toilet bowl contention so if he happens to win win another two sure. then maybe it'll be left pocket right pocket for that uh, that's right so he's still got a chance. Finding to keep that. But let's jump into uh, some of these playoff matchups. And you know what? Since we're talking about the Constellation bracket, let's let's do that one first. Because um, we have uh, two matchups left in there to get to the title. And let's I want to see who you guys think are going to win. And then after that, who you think is going to win the title. So the first matchup, we got Cohen and Kat versus Canels. Who you got in that matchup? I'm actually going to go with Canellos there. Um this team's been pretty hot lately. He's got Ty Chandler, who we talked about. He's got Puka Nuka. We talked about the Rams firing on all cylinders there. And uh, he has Dak Prescott, who I do think has a huge rebound game this week. Not for nothing, though. Team Adam does have Laporta. Um, and, you know, Justin Jefferson's back. So I think it's close, but I think Canales takes it. Yeah, uh, I do think it'll be a close one as well. It's unfortunate for Team Adam that CJ Stratt's missing again this week. Um, it's also a shame for Team Canelos that Devin Singletary, who's actually low-key been dominating, uh, has a tough matchup versus Cleveland. I think I would lean Team Canelos in that matchup as well, but it's going to be a close one. These are very, very equally matched and... Uh, you know, there's some obstacles for each one. So it should be it should be a tight matchup. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm going with Canales as well. And uh, one of the things that will be interesting to see is uh, what Gabe Davis does for the Cohen Cats team because if they put up a goose, they're out. But if he puts up the random blow a week, who knows? Maybe he sneaks, squeaks one out here. Um, and the other matchup is Scott versus Clark Sauce, who we just discussed, who knocked out Joey. Yeah, I'm going to go Scott there. I think uh, 
looking to avenge a tough end to the regular season, projected to win this one by over 20 points. And uh, he has the X factor in Christian McCaffrey on his team. So I, uh, I would go Scott. Yeah, I mean, I got to agree there. You can't can't pick Clark Sauce right now. They do have James Cook, who we talked about, but uh, it's interesting. Neither one of them has a quarterback in the Superflex, but I think Scott takes this one home for sure and has McCaffrey, uh, who should lead him to an easy victory. Yeah, I, uh, I'm also going Scott there. I mean, McCaffrey, with all the quarterbacks there, is the highest projected points total. So, like, guys, cheat code. Like, it, you don't even need a second quarterback when you have McCaffrey. So, I'm going with Scott. So, we all have the same uh, predicted title for the consolidate, uh, consolation bracket. Who you got between Canales and Scott? Who do you think is going to take it all? I think it's going to be Scott. Uh, yeah. With yeah, a little bit of magic. Well. And, uh, I'm going Canales. I think uh, I think the Dak. I think he's got a lot more depth and a lot more chances of upside. Uh, I think it will be tight though, so it'll be a fun one to watch. But who cares? Consolation brackets, real real playoffs is what we want to hear about, right? No, you probably don't because I'm the only one in it. Let's go. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I had a buy because I would have got punted out real quick if I did not have a buy. Uh, my team was horrendous last week, but so about the first matchup of. Uh, Mike Kaffer, Mike Williams against the Rosinski Bros. Who you guys got in that matchup? This is a tough one. I, I feel like they've been back and forth all year, division rivals. I honestly think I'm going to go with Dan's team, but super, super close. I, I really I wouldn't be surprised if either one wins this week. I think it's going to be a real close matchup. I like both of their teams. Um, but I'm going to give it to Dan's team. Yeah, I like Dan's team as well. I think the the difference makers, uh, T. Higgins, who is falling out right now with Jamar Chase banged up. Even, even before Jamar Chase got banged up, T. Higgins has kind of been balling out. And um, Raheem Mostert, who is also falling out and has is good for... I think I think uh, his his odds to score two touchdowns the last couple of weeks has been like a two or three to one. Like it's barely any. You're you're, you're not really getting much. It's like the expectation is that Mostert's scoring two touchdowns. So uh, yeah, I'm I would lean Dan's team there as well. I'm actually personally in Kaffer and Williams, and the reason is. I think there's a lot more risk and things that can go wrong on the Dan's team, like. Goff can have a, a big dud. Uh, we expect Eckler to have a dud. Uh, Sudden, he needs to get a touchdown. Devonta Smith, if it's not his game, could be a lower point scorer. And Pollard has kind of disappointed and Tua against the Dallas D I don't love. Where the rest on actually Kaffer and Mike Williams' team, I, I think they just have a higher floor across the board. Um, obviously, the upside is on Dan's team, but... I think they sneak it out because I think there's going to be more flops on the Brzezinski Bros team than I think is currently projected. So I'm, I'm going with the upset, if you will, there. But moving forward to the, the real matchup, uh, myself versus Schluter. I think I have a feeling how most people are going to vote on this one, but uh, what do you guys think? 
Yeah, I, I am going to go with Schluter here. Uh, honestly, even even before the playoffs. Is he your brother-in-law? <laughs> brother-in-law, but even before the playoffs, I didn't want to play him. I, I really like his team. I think, honestly, Dave, your team's a little banged up. You got Lawrence, who's a little injured. You know, you're starting Minshew because Howell's probably getting benched. Uh, Olave missed last week, but... You know, Shalhoub has a lot of the guys we talked about. Like you said, he's got James Conner. He has Gus Edwards. He has Rasheed Rice. He has Brock Purdy. So uh, I'm not only picking Schluter in this matchup, but when we get to it, I'm, I'm picking Schluter to to take home the championship title oh, wow. this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. What about you, Joe? Yeah, so uh, I would I would lean Schluter in this one. I think that the reason for me personally is – not so much in the one th- one through five spots. You know, Lawrence Montgomery, HN, Lamb, Olave is a very, very strong one through five. And, and you could even include Hawkinson there. It's the Hopkins, Elliott, Javante, Minshew tier that I think when you kind of look across the board at, uh, you know, the likes of JSN and Flowers and Rasheed Rice and Brock Purdy, these are guys who have been a little bit more consistent. Zeke was not great last week although denver is susceptible to the run so i i i actually could see him putting up pretty good numbers um i'm pretty high on stefan Diggs this week just based on the fact that the chargers have an abysmal uh passing defense and i think this is also a situation where buffalo is looking to um get him back involved i think they realize that they need him for the rest of the season and the playoffs and uh, the running game has been working, and I think they're going to stick with it. But I also think they're going to make a concerted effort to uh, get Diggs a little bit more involved this week. And uh, talked about Connor and Edwards earlier. Um, tough matchup for Baltimore, and uh, Schluter does have Lamar, Edwards, Flowers, um, all against San Francisco. Um, so it's it's definitely not. In, by any means, going to be, in my opinion, uh, a runaway. I think you have a, a pretty decent shot, but uh, I would give Schluter the slight edge. And who would you say, would before I jump in, who would you think would get the title then between your Schluter and uh, the Brzezinski's? I'm going to go with – I think I'm going to go with the Brzezinski's. Um, I think top to bottom, their roster has – has been appears to me the most the deepest, if you will. Uh, I think the Dolphins have a pretty good matchup in Championship Week. Uh, no, they don't at Baltimore. So that's that actually is a pretty unfortunate for the Rosinskis. Um, Gibbs, Higgins, and Joko we talked about. Mostert, Devonta Smith. Uh, I just think I probably have the most confidence in those guys to continue to produce. And uh, I'm going to go Rosinskis. Well, you're all wrong. I'm winning both matchups. I'm winning this title. Get out of here. I'm taking Schluter down, and I'm taking the title. You got a shot. Leave it, baby. I got a shot. I got a shot. I think all four teams uh, really do have a shot. Um, I'm gonna. I'm giving it to Schluter, but I wouldn't be surprised if anyone won it. I just. He's got six players on Monday. Unbelievable. That is going to be. Death by a million cuts. Your, your <laughs> Christmas is going to be something else. Somebody hook in my prime rib and check my phone. And be like, oh, damn it. Someone's got a long touch. That, that prime rib may be burnt. We don't, we yeah. don't know. Yeah, I'm going to forget about this. Guys, screw it. Christmas is over. Get out of my house. <laughs> uh, but, 
With that, any final thoughts, guys? No. Good luck to everyone in the fantasy playoffs, and uh, happy holidays as well. Yeah, let's hope you have your full roster. It'd be it'd be good to see you out there with Lawrence out there, with A Chan getting full snaps, and yeah. I know. I don't know if I've had a full roster all year, but it's okay. And uh, yeah, Merry Christmas to all, Schluter. Honestly, you got other things outside of fantasy to worry about, and I hope that that becomes your focus because uh, hopefully I take you out. But uh, with that, thank you guys for listening. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and uh, yeah, good luck in your matchups, except for Schluter. Very good, guys. SFW Dynasty Podcast. Tune in next time.